This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 203 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, I'm speaking with Christina Peters, and we're going to be diving into how to get photography clients. I'm super excited about this episode because as you listen, you'll hear me have a light bulb moment about what this specifically can look like for food bloggers, as well as other bloggers, not just food bloggers. So make sure if you are a food blogger, you're definitely going to want to listen into this episode, as well as if you are listening, make sure that you hop over to the show notes and get Christina's um, download, which is actually offering you the four-figure day rate plan. It is a guide that's going to tell you what Christina does to find clients that regularly pay her four figures a day for her food photography. So make sure that if you are driving, you hop over to the show notes um, when you are stopped and not driving anymore and grab that guide for yourself. All right, let's dive in. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course. I'm so excited to really get to dive into this topic. I know people are really starting to try to figure out different ways that they can diversify. So we're going to talk about how to get photography clients. Well, before we really dive into that, will you introduce yourself and your business? Sure. So I'm Christina Peters, and I've been a commercial food photographer for more than 25 years now. And so um, I specialize in working with ad agencies, design firms, and sort of bigger budget jobs, um, all about food photography. So, and I also teach uh, other bloggers and food photographers how to do the same and to how to do that as a business if they'd like to do that. Excellent. Okay. So now I really see this as a two-part conversation. The first being what you need to do in order to get photography clients. And then the second being how to get photography clients using your site and social media. So let's start with what you need to do in order to get photography clients. Okay. So the, the way I teach this is a little different from what a lot of uh, photographers teach, I think, when they're talking about this. The goal really is to determine what type of photography clients do you want first? So if, let's say you're a food blogger. I always suggest open up your cupboards and look at what brands you're already using and what type of food products what type of food you can make from those ingredients or what type of food you can photograph that those brands would absolutely love to have representing them. So you sort of have to go about this a little bit opposite. Normally you get told, take a whole bunch of pretty, pretty, pretty photos and then go get clients. So you're going to be struggling with that a little bit because if you're just taking some random photos without a goal in mind of who you're targeting, your portfolio might be a little bit all over the place and there won't be consistency in that. So I am constantly really like hunting down who do I want as a client? And then the next question is, am I showing them images that they would love to use for their brand, right? So many times when I do work with a client, 
they'll go to my website and the emails I get all the time, like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what we were looking for. So they'll pick out certain photos on my website and then they say, we want exactly like this, but put our food product in it. And that's the goal. So it's a no brainer for them. So they're looking for something in particular. And if you're not representing the type of food in your images that that brand needs to see, they don't know how to interpret your beautiful photography to them. They really are literal. You got to show them exactly what they're going to hire you for already in your portfolio. And they want to see it over and over too. So when I'm thinking about doing this, am I thinking about showing the product in a package? So different packaged ways. So maybe I'm going to show something that's a liquid. So if I wanted to work with a juice company, I'm going to show it photographed as like in that container or in the glass and how I would set that up. Whereas if I wanted to work with Betty Crocker and I wanted to talk about maybe their frosting, I'm going to be able to picture that in the canister, but maybe also I'm going to have a finished product next to it using the frosting. Something along those lines, is that what you're kind of talking about when I'm talking about the types of products? So that's a really good question. So there's a style of photography now that I call social media work And it pays very little, especially if you're just starting out. And those typically are the type of images where they could be really beautiful. And you have a package next to, let's let's say it is, you know, like Bob's Red Mill or something like that. Like it's flour, right? So you have a package of the flour laying down next to a beautifully baked cake or something like that. So... You've got to be real careful how you stage your stage your work that way. So I don't, and if you look at my website, I have no packaging shots like that. My goal is to create photography that they're going to use on their packaging. So a really beautiful food image. If you walk down the frozen food aisle, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So those images don't contain packaging right? So if you want to do social media work, you'll need to do an enormous amount of clients in order to get the same amount of work that you would for packaging. Like it pays 10 times more to do imagery that goes on packaging than it does for social media. So does that make sense? That was such a good way of saying when you walk down the frozen fruit aisle and you look inside and you see the package of that pasta that looks so gorgeously done and then you pop right. it and you open it and it's frozen. You're like, that does not look like that. <laughs> um, but that makes sense to me. Okay, so I'm thinking yeah. not along the lines of something that you would use on social. That was such a good example, Christina, of explaining what you meant. Um, cool. So it's that finished, beautiful product. So if we're talking about different ways that they can see things, you're talking about in the bowl with the pasta or whether it's going to be the cake of the, the cake actually fully frosted to go on the packaging of the actual product. You got it. You're on. using the product in the photography um, in a, in a prepared dish, you know, if that's appropriate, of course. 
Um, The other thing I see a lot of bloggers doing with their work is they won't necessarily have a lot of prepared dishes. So this is following that same line. So they'll have really beautiful photography of vegetables and fruits and things like that. I call those ingredient shots. We absolutely have to show those in our portfolio. But when you're not showing your prospect that you can photograph something that's fully prepared, was cooked, there was a process to get to that final image, they're not going to know that you can pull this off if, if let's say it's um it's a pasta client like you were saying let's say it's somebody who wants you to photograph their spaghetti well you better show some plated dishes of pasta it's that literal they want to if you want to go after a pasta company you got to have a lot of pasta stuff if you want to shoot for you know omaha steaks or something like that you know, they have in-house photographers, but I'm just using that as an example because we generally know what their photography looks like, right? You got to show some stakes. <laughs> and that stuff can be difficult to photograph if you're not a really good stylist. And then that brings in, start finding some food stylists and testing with them in your area so that you can show prepared foods in your portfolio. It's absolutely crucial. Okay. So now let's actually turn and talk a little bit about how to get photography clients using our actual sites. We've talked about the importance of a portfolio and building it up, making sure we show those examples. Now, how do we use our site in order to do this? Great. So there really are two types of photographer sites that I'm going to be mentioning. So we have the food blogger photographer and then folks like me. So I don't recipe develop. I'm not very good at food styling either. So I don't ever advertise myself as a food stylist. I am hardcore a food photographer only. So when you hit my site, there you don't even have to touch a button. You know immediately what I do. You see images right away. You see a collection of images. You don't even have to click. You just get to scroll, scroll, scroll and see my entire food portfolio. What a lot of bloggers are doing is they'll have one website, and that's totally fine, but they'll have one website that's the umbrella for all things, and that's great. But keep in mind, if a client who wants to hire you for food photography hits your site, don't make them dig around to figure out, does this, does this gal do or guy do really good food photography? If you mention recipe developing, recipe testing, you know, I'm a nutritionist. If you, if that's your top voice that you're saying on your blog, then photography is going to be number two, number three on the list. This is the interpretation of the client. Okay. So they're like, oh, she's not a pro food shooter. She's a blogger. Okay. So then that positions you as a lower budget food shooter, right? Whereas I'm an ad girl. I do big stuff. I get bigger jobs. I have four-figure day rates. When they see bloggers, they're like, huh, this is a blogger, lower price point, you know, and it's going to be recipe developing shown on our blog or on our social media. So you really want to make it very clear. You have a photography portfolio. You are a pro shooter and talk about that. On those pages where you're mentioning your photography, don't talk about you picked up a camera a year ago. Don't do that. So it's fine if you if you picked up the camera five or six years ago. They want to see the history of your photography. 
I, I see a lot of uh, bloggers talk about, you know, I, I just picked up the camera a couple years ago and it's taken off. Don't do that. That means you're a junior shooter, right? If they want a guarantee, you can pull this off. So if you have only been shooting for a couple of years, just mention your love of photography started as a child or whenever it really was. They want proof that you can do this and give them repeatable results. So you got to feature food photographer differently from food blogger, nutritionist, recipe developer, like that. Because these are two very different jobs and two very different clients potentially. So you need to really look at your website. And if the website name is a blog name, you've got a little extra work there to prove, hey, I'm a food shooter too. I'm not just a blogger. I'm a food shooter too, you know? Yes. So I'm going to use my example of my old site, the Malrose family. So clearly it was a blog, right? I definitely shot food. If I wanted to land, like we're talking about food photography clients, I would need, let's say a tab that's going to bring them to a page that's going to specifically say something along food photography or um, something that's going to food photography portfolio, something along those lines. And then let them see all these different images that we're talking about of the pasta of whichever kind of companies we're trying to go towards um, so that it's all there right in front of them. If I've never, because I know this is a question that I'm having food bloggers that are listening to this right now are going, but wait, I've never done this before. And I feel like this is everything that we do, right? Like <laughs> that's just the way that's the mindset and the shift that we need to have with this. So if I've never done this before, but I've been shooting for three-ish years, what should I, is that something that I should openly admit? What should I kind of have in my about so they understand my level of expertise without me feeling like I'm making it up? Right. It's called, we call that imposter syndrome, right? So that's, that's major. Okay. And everyone goes through that, by the way. So I'm just starting out and that's why they're not charging enough either. So very awesome question. And here's, here's what I always suggest. So don't feature how little you've little experience that you have showcase the amazing photography that you have and if you don't have images showing like I call them tear sheets right so if you don't have proof of ads or packaging or or social media work that you've already done then you know you're not going to show that yet to show your beautiful portfolio work because here here's what I always say with that question like I'm just starting out. I'm not good enough. I can't charge. I'm, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. There, there's that huge imposter syndrome. Here's the question I always counteract that with. Okay, great. You just started. How many restaurants have you walked in their first year of business didn't charge for the entire year because they're just starting out? Right. None. How many restaurants that did just start out kind of gave you a crappy meal, but gave you the, you know, a ticket to pay? at the end of the meal anyway. Everyone, (laughs) we all start somewhere. And the smaller brands, so if you position yourself properly, you're not gonna go after, you know, mega brands like Kraft right away for their packaging. You're gonna go after smaller brands where they're not really working with an ad agency, they have an in-house marketing department, you're going to work directly with them. So you have to sort of match your level of expertise with the brands that you're going to be going after, right? So if you see a brand that you love, 
and they're for you gotta you gotta study these brands. You gotta hunt them down. You gotta look at everything they're putting out there on social media, LinkedIn if they have anything like that, Facebook. Where are they advertising? The magazine ads. Look at the type of images they're doing. If they're showing food flying around in the air that's massively composited and has you know a, a horrendous retouching budget involved with every job, if you're just starting out, that's not the client for you. Right. So if you have a local brand who's starting to do some local advertising in your local magazines, that's ideal. You know, so it's like there's a there's a scale of experience, I call it. We price ourselves according to the scale of experience and we align our work with the clients we're going to go after based on our experience level. Okay, that makes a ton of sense to me. Now, we talked about the site. What about social media? Are there things that we should be also doing on social media? I think if you do have a social media presence, that's great. So when you are talking about photography, then when you're sharing images on social media, be real careful how you're tagging brands and things like that. When you start tagging brands on social media, you're actually opening the door of, hey, I took this photo of your product. I'm tagging you here. Use my work for free. That's how that's going to get interpreted. If you have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, that conversation's a little different because you have an audience. That's very different from advertising photography, right? I don't have an audience. I don't have a huge Instagram following. I don't use that to get my clients. However, I share my portfolio images there. And uh, recently I've been doing some editorial work. So I've been sharing work like that. So I think it's great to use it to showcase your portfolio. Just be real careful when tagging food brands, very specifically the food brands. Well, actually, you know what? Even Wayfair. Wayfair was one of the first companies that started doing this thing where if you tag them, they have on their terms and conditions that they can use that image for anything they want. They can sell it and they don't have to give you credit. And you just gave them an irrevocable license to use it forever. So there's predatory practices like that, that these major companies are doing that I'm really against. I get like mama bear protective about it, <laughs> you know, because some of my students have tag brands and the brands like run amok. And all of a sudden it's on Facebook, it's in the brands, you know, Instagram, and they're not tagging them back. Right. So originally, years ago, it was all about, hey, I'm going to tag the brand. They'll tag me and maybe we can share some love that way. But a lot of the brands are doing these predatory practices that I'm not OK with. So use it. Be careful. Do your research. If you want to get the brand's attention, you can try tagging them. Just be real careful when they say, hey, nice image. Can we use it? That right. conversation needs to be moved offline, off, you know, Instagram, in email and say, sure, I have a price for that. You know, yeah. so hold your ground. <laughs> yeah. That's a great caution to keep in mind for sure. So yeah. are there ways to get repeating photography clients? So let's say we've landed our first client, we're working with them. How do we get them to sign on for long term? 
Yes, yes, yes. So this is now becoming a newer trend because of the social media requirements that almost every brand has, right? Um, so locally, there's going to be companies that maybe haven't taken advantage of their social media accounts where you could suggest doing a monthly shoot, a quarterly shoot, or maybe something, you know, once a season, that kind of a thing, right? Where if they aren't doing that already, you can propose and they can, you know, obviously learn from you how to pitch them and to propose this is what I see happening with your brand. That could be really amazing. We can feature this, you know, do your research on that brand and see, are they already doing that? If so, great. They're open to the idea of recurring photo shoots. Many, many restaurants have to do this, right? They're changing their menu all the time, or they should, let's be honest, they should be, right? And, I'm, and I mean, um, there's many different types of restaurants. So I'm talking about private owned maybe a, a bigger mom and pop restaurant, they're established, their food's beautiful, you know, they've been around for a little while and they're rocking their social media, right? Someone's making that content for them. Why not it be you and, you know, price yourself so it's profitable for you. And, you know, if they come at you and they say, great, yeah, we'll, we'll you know, pay you 50 bucks a shoot. No, that's not enough. You have to price yourself properly so that, you can survive doing that, but then it's recurring. So they get a little bit of a discount, right? Because it's recurring. Okay. But, so I'm yeah. glad that you actually stepped into the pricing piece because I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Does, how do you actually go about figuring out your pricing? You gave a number, said 50, they're going to give you 50 bucks. Not acceptable. So what is kind of an acceptable rate of, let's say, that quarterly photo shoot or even the packaging, right? They get mm -hmm. the licensing, they can use it wherever. What is the pricing? What does the pricing look like? So when I was talking earlier about your, your scale of experience, you have the pricing scale of experience as well, right? So what I'm going to charge for the same exact job is going to be more than somebody who's just starting out. That's why this is so confusing. So people ask, well, what do I charge? So what I would charge, you know, would be $2,500. And I'm working with bigger restaurants that have multiple concepts. I go after restaurant groups, right? So I go after the bigger restaurants. And then if it's even bigger than that, I'm going after the ad agencies. So that's on the high end for that type of social media type work, right? If you're just starting out, you have to work out your costs. You have to figure out what does it cost for you to exist in this world just before you start making any money. So you need to figure out all of your costs for yourself personally, all, your, all of your costs for your business, and know your monthly like number at, I call it, what does it cost for you to be at zero? How much money has to come in to, to pay everything off where you're at zero? Then we have to start making a profit. How many jobs do you think you can get a month? And when you're just starting out, this is difficult. But in the US, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of international um, students here, right? So your world is going to be a little different from what I'm suggesting. So but as a starting rule, I don't want I don't want my students to leave the house unless they're charging minimum five hundred dollars for a smaller package, right? That's like bare minimum, you know. So you, yeah, and the restaurants that want good, want good quality, they've learned the cheap stuff. You know, they're not into it unless they don't care. Then they're not your client. 
So if they're like, oh, well, our previous photographer was only charging us $125. I'm like, that's great. Keep up with that. You know, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> you know, we can't convince them if they don't value what we do. We can't change that conversation. We just have to find someone else who does. And that's the thing. The mindset is there's plenty of people who are willing to pay what we need to make this profitable. You just got to find them. That's all. That's all. So exactly. does that does, does that give you enough of a sort of starting point? Yes, you that know? was really helpful for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, and so the the other thing that happens with these restaurant shoots is depending on the client, hopefully they're lovely and they respect you, and you come up with a shot list where it's completely understood. The client's expectations are controlled. We're only doing eight shots today, or we're only doing 10 shots today. Or if it's a full day shoot where they want a lot of stuff for the entire month, then we're going to shoot all day and maybe cap it out at like, you know, 15 or something like that, right? Don't let them run amok. Restaurants are notorious for as soon as you get in the door, they're like, hey, can you shoot this too? Can you shoot this too? Next thing you know, you turn around, Walking out the kitchen are 15 dishes. Huh? We didn't talk about that. Nope. <laughs> Not allowed. <laughs> so control it. You're in, you're in control. <laughs> yeah. Setting those parameters for sure. I love it. Exactly. Are there any resources that you have created that can kind of guide us into helping us land more photography clients? I do have something like that. So I do have a little freebie for your for your peeps. It's called the four figure day rate plan. And so um, it's a 10 page PDF where I go into each of the things that I'm talking about, but a little a little bit more detail. So positioning yourself uh, financially, then we talk about the type of work you need to show. And then I talk about a marketing plan to get those clients. So Yes. Okay. okay. So we are going to make sure that we link to that in the show notes that everybody can make sure that they grab that. I appreciate that, that you created that for us. Where are the best places to connect with you, Christina? So you can find me at uh, foodphotographyblog.com where I write all about things with food photography. And then if you uh, want to learn more about food photography and the business of that, I do have my membership site, Food Photography Club. Dot com. And if you want to take a look at, you know, my commercial work, go to christinapeters.com. See my, look at my website, look at what I'm showcasing, break down how I run my portfolios. I tell people to just emulate what I do all the time. I don't care if you want the exact theme you I use, do it, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Look, look at that as an example and, you know, feel free to emulate everything I'm doing there. You know, everyone's work is different. So it doesn't matter if you have the same thing I'm using theme or I'm using or not. So, yeah. So that's where you can check me out. Perfect. No, that's so helpful. I do think that it's always good to be able to have like a resource that you can look at and have as an example in order to put it into practice. It always makes it so much easier to really see what we're talking about when we're talking about have that portfolio on your site. So I'm so glad you ha um, mentioned that. We're going to make sure to link to that, obviously, in the show notes as well. Thank you. Christina, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with my audience. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jenny. It was awesome being here. 
All right. Well, there you have it. I'm hopefully you have a plan now where you feel like you could definitely get more photography clients. Make sure, like I said in the beginning, that you grab that free download that she is offering. It is a guide that is going to walk you through making sure that you can pitch the right clients to, to get more photography. I appreciate you guys so much for taking the time to listen in. If you haven't left a rating or review already, I would so appreciate it if you took the time to do so. It helps to get even better guests onto the show and continue to be able to serve out great episodes. Again, thank you guys so much for listening in and I will talk to y'all next time.